pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left. We're a video game radio show and this is the 24th episode of Season 10 live on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Steve Curran. I am Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. You're back. What was up with you? I just wasn't feeling very good. What were your symptoms? I puked. Okay, is that a symptom or a a result of illness? It's a symptom. Symptom, Symptom, yeah. Yeah. Do you know where I puked? Uh. In the shower. It Did was you? really gross. And and um, hadn't you been drinking? No. Vimpto. Oh, I've been drinking Ribena. Rima, Ribena. Yeah. So. It's so like a scene from Carrie then, it was, was it? Yeah. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Well, uh, how long did that last for? It was... Uh, oh, well, I had Who the did you get it off? I don't know. So this Matt character? Maybe. <laughs> Seems unlikely, well, though. Uh, presumably you've got a doctor's note as well to explain your absence. Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. Okay, you're going to give that to HR? Yeah, definitely. HR? Me. Perfect. Giving it. That'll save on some admin, won't, won't it? Won't it, yeah. Let us know how it goes. Simon, how was your week? Really good, thank you. I went to Hamburg. Really? I did, yeah. Where? Um, guess what? That's where the hamburger comes from. Is it? <laughs> like, it actually does. Is it? But I didn't have one over there, no. Why not? Oh. Uh, I had a schnitzel. Okay. And I had some suckling pork <laughs> on the second day. What was it they don't on? like. <laughs> I can't say. They don't like uh, vegetables in Germany. It's, mm, uh, I've noticed that. Yeah, you'd find you would it's struggle difficult. over there. They like vegetable uh, um, meat and beer. But they proudly uh, declared when uh, we got there. Like, uh, we have the longest red light district in Europe. Yeah. Like, well, that's work. handy because uh, if you know, if torn between the choice of two, length is what I <laughs> length acts, acts as a tiebreaker for me. So, yeah. <laughs> how's that? How's that measured? Like from uh, from one end of the road to the other? Yeah. Well, what is it in terms of volume? Well, like, I mean, where again, is I mean, that's a question list? for Mike Bithell, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm also wondering, length. Uh, did they mean? Uh, in distance, or do they mean time? Good point. Again, I mean, to be fair, I, I did, I, I did uh, drive through this place. And was and it pretty long? How long did and it I take? Had to, you? I had to walk through parts of it to Ooh. get to the karaoke bar, um, which was also odd. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's just some interesting Hamburg facts for you. Good. <laughs> See, uh, I've had a pretty good week. Yeah, I just didn't get mugged. Well, that's good. Yeah. What you, skills did you use to but avoid you don't getting get mugged? mugged every Holding week. onto my phone. Yeah, but this, this, I came a little bit closer to getting my two, uh, two people, gentlemen or ladies, don't know, couldn't tell, uh, just tried to grab my phone off me oh, as I was walking through old streets and uh, didn't manage to do it. So I feel like this is karmic victory. So did they? Did, did a hand go on your phone? A hand, a, a moped, cut in front of me right. at pedestrian crossing, and then a, a hand uh, which which had a glove on it. I was able to describe the glove to the police. Ooh. It, it was a suede glove. Oh, beige. Nice. Okay. Beige suede yet glove. You don't know the gender. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Still wearing gloves. Is Otherwise, I would have been hands. able to pick out the sparkly nail polish. <laughs> uh, yeah, came on, came onto my phone and they grabbed it. I didn't let go. So I have a vice-like grip on, on Twitter. And, um, and yeah, and then they drove off. 
What, so, um, I mean, you know, let's f- imagine for a moment that uh, they were successful. What would they have gained access to on your phone? Mm. Twitter. Oh. Right. Mostly Twitter. Okay. Um, some photos of my cats. Okay. Uh, maybe they'd, they'd, they'd heard Access to the new songs for, for Third Stay. Mm. Maybe that's what it was. It was Third Stay Criminals. <laughs> Do you <laughs> think knows? it's a rival company setting up their own... I don't know, we should find out what Daft Souls are up to, shouldn't we? (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad that you survived. Um, Who will be playing you in the movie of this incident? Oh... I just had a horrible sinking feeling it's going to be James Corden. Is it? (laughs) I don't want it to be James Corden. I mean, it did look like you enjoyed yourself over Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for the news. Hold (laughs) (laughs) up! Uh, it's not just us in the studio, of course, Steve. Is it? You were forgetting our. We were forgetting our manners there. Listen, I've been through a lot today. You're right, sounds like it. Yeah. Right. Tom Vyan from SV, S, sorry, SFB Games. Hello. Hello. How are you? Thanks for coming in. I'm very good. Good. Um, it's sorry for your, Steve's uh, sorry, manners I've there. I've just got this That's kind right. of tunnel vision on at the moment. I, you know, I can't. Well, you having a phone almost on is, is almost news. You want to get on, get on with it. <laughs> uh, See which news story it is. Exa- One or- <laughs> you're the. Uh, you're from the team that's behind Haunt the House. Terror Town. That's right. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming in. We'll be chatting to you shortly. Uh, but first, we do have things to be getting on are with. Are you sure? It's <laughs> the time. Dan's news. All right. Thanks. It's 7.06 on Monday the 12th of January. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Nintendo is playing favourites. The company has sent an email to a select number of Club Nintendo members to offer them the opportunity to buy the new 3DS Ambassador Edition ahead of the console's release in Europe. There's currently no release date for the handheld, although it's been priced at $155.99 with the Ambassador Edition at $179.99. Predictably, a bunch of them have already been resold on eBay. The offer hasn't been open to all Ambassadors who were given this special title after buying the original 3DS before the price drop was announced. It's very generous of Nintendo to offer to offer people who paid more than everyone else for a handhold console the opportunity to buy almost exactly the same thing again. Did you hear the news last week, Anne? Uh, no, I was sick. Well, it's, you know, it's a podcast. So I know, my sickness lasted all week. Really? Up so you just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Well, yeah. You, you're looking great. I just wondered what you thought of Kara's news, that's all. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you've not heard it. Uh, I've heard of it. Right. <laughs> just now. Yeah, well, yeah, it was excellent. It was excellent. What's, what is the Ambassador Edition? I don't understand... Well, it's got some. It's, it, so it's a new 3DS, yeah, with a new nub, yeah, um, and what um, is a nub? Uh, um, it's um, it's like a joystick. So it's like like what the Vita used a, to a have. Tiny little Sorry, the, the the PSP used okay. to have. You know, some old laptops had them in the middle keys as oh, mouse. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. It's like oh, a they're annoying. A new nub, um, which will act as the. Uh, it will serve the purpose that the um, what was that add-on that they did for the. D for the 3DS a while ago. There's, some, there's somebody's texting Steve with the answer. Or maybe it's the thieves <laughs> saying that they're going to come we'll and get We'll get you them. next time. <laughs> um, so uh, it's... Um it's got that. It's got uh, the buttons have got different coloured letters on them now, and um, that's it. It's got uh, the ambassador logo, a faceplate that you can put on. I didn't yeah. realise that they were charging more for it than they were the retail yeah. edition. That's interesting. Um, but it has faceplates. Uh, it has those plates on it, but uh, so that edition obviously doesn't have any kind of plates on it. Uh, the 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 normo the normo one, yeah, uh, but you lot. can buy. Plates. Thanks. Well, are they sure that they'll let me rather than they'll exclude me? Um, I, I don't even really want one, but I was annoyed at not being offered the chance to get one. Um, yeah, so these new 3DSs are coming. Um, yeah, sorry, that add-on that, that, that they made us buy in order to play um, Metal Gear Solid and Monster Hunter on. Do you remember they added the yeah, right yeah. stick oh, to yeah, it? Yeah. So this has got that built into it mm-hmm. um, somewhere. Um <laughs> But I, I uh, would I have bought one if that email had come through? I don't know. I'm waiting for the, the new 3DS XL. How big is that going to be? Well, the same size. Obviously, it's just the X- same. Is well, I've just lent you a 3DS XL. Okay. It's as opposed big. to th- thanks very much. As opposed to a 3DS. <laughs> Length does matter. Um, yeah, but I'm probably going to pick up a new one. Are you, Steve? I very much doubt it. Although I've just heard from our guest. Yeah. Uh, that the Korg is on sale on the 3DS it shop, is, yep. uh, which 
might tempt me back into the world of Nintendo gaming. Okay. Tom, are you going to buy one? A new 3DS? Do you have one? Are you an ambassador? I'm not an ambassador, sadly. Okay. Uh, but I will be getting the Excel when it comes out. Right. Do we, and do you know, like, you make games for Nintendo. Do you know when this is coming out? I don't know. Sorry. Okay. Can you find out? Convincing life. I'll, uh, exactly. I'll go ask my uncle. <laughs> Apple has increased the price of its cheapest apps from 69 pence to 79 pence. The company released a statement prior to the change saying that prices on the App Store will increase for all territories in the European Union, as well as in Canada and Norway, decrease in Ireland and change in Russia. These changes are being made to account for adjustments in VAT rates and foreign exchange rates. No news on how this change will affect free, not really free, but yeah, you don't pay money right now, but they can't say they're free. Get games. So, Simon, you're an iOS developer. Yeah, I was. Uh, Apple emailed me about this, actually, ahead of the yeah, changes, yeah, yeah through my uh, iTunes Connect account. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so uh, how have they affected you? Well, um, interestingly, um, I get more, even more cash uh, through Brilliant. this. Yeah, wow. So I get an extra four pence. You must be minted. Minted. Um, or at least I would be if the store in Bangman, which was released today on iOS, if it allowed you to, to remove the adverts for 79p as it is now. Um, turns out the version I uploaded has got some issues, uh, the issue being you can't give me any money. You can still play it all, uh, but you can't. You can't. You can't give me that four extra p. Oh, oh I didn't realize Ireland was going down. I don't want any Ireland players. No, Iceland. Iceland or them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I think uh, it's four p more for people like us. And and to answer your question yeah. about how that will um, impact the freeze, they um, they have to sell them in tiers. Uh, okay. so, so when you uh, make games like I do, um, <laughs> uh, you have to set pricing as per their tiers. My okay. uh, to, to remove the adverts in Bangman out today on iOS, um, uh, it's tier one pricing. Which uh, if, I, if I've released it last week, would have cost you sixty nine p. Of course, it wouldn't mm. cost you anything because you weren't able to do it. It transpires. <laughs> but this week it will cost you seventy nine p. Well, it won't cost you anything because you uh, can't do it. So you're going for an all ads all the time. Um, there's an advert at the start and then there's an advert after your fifth death assuming that you scored over three each time you died before it's a complicated equation <laughs> and yeah. I've, I mean I've gone through you know all this all this um, it's called uh, compulsion loops and stuff like that you know I'm basically uh, how, how do you store that number do you put it in a variable put it in a variable, variable. <laughs> the variable is game number Here's, uh, well, here's, and here's, here's a little tip for you if you want to uh, cheat me out of ad revenue quit <laughs> quit the game whilst you've died four times restart because the, <laughs> the counter goes back to one Microsoft has reassured fans that Xbox One games will still be available to play and re-download after they're removed from the Xbox Game Store. This comes after owners of a digital version of Far Cry 4 were unable to play the game after it disappeared from the Game Store. It's unknown what the problem was, but it appears to have been an isolated incident. While this is all very encouraging, we do recommend that you hold your digital downloads tight tonight because you never know what could take them away. You ever thought about uh, maybe putting it in an array? <laughs> I, so that was the problem with Far Cry 4 is it somebody deleted it from the Xbox store yeah right, I'm just gonna, it's right, so they work at Microsoft so surely there must have been a prompt to which went, are you sure you want to delete Far Cry 4 <laughs> from the Xbox store are you sure you yeah. want to delete that yeah <laughs> what alright <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay can you so is it back on the store now yeah it's all back on and but they never said that that was uh, actually related although it's a bit of a coincidence if okay. it's not isn't right. it uh, some people were leaping to conclusions that it was to do with DRM still not entirely that's sure that's not like that the internet leaping no. to conclusions I've not played Far Cry 4, 4 yet played it either it does look good though does it apparently it's got really good fire in it and the fire's good Tom have you played it I haven't no I've not played any of that Far Cry sadly any no there's uh, four of them <laughs> currently <laughs> I've had have had that <laughs> Gamers has named Bayonetta 2 Accessible Mainstream Game of the Year. The charitable organisation said Bayonetta 2 pulls out all the stops for accessible game design while staying true to their creative vision, revitalising a genre known for inaccessibility on a system inherently inaccessible, but ultimately making a near-perfect example of game accessibility. In the indie category, Venger Bond Dogs, Always Sometimes Monsters and 11-Bit Studios' This War of Mine were given the nod too. It was noted that alternative control schemes, an awareness of colour blindness in the visual design and audio accessibility were key in opening up the games to people with disabilities. Good. Good for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I played Bayonetta 2. Um, I didn't understand what was going on at all. At uh, all. What, what lady you particularly finding with it? Well, I mean, I didn't play Bayonetta 1. And it's, it's from a, it's a certain type of game, I understand. Um, in the, in the, well, <laughs> the yeah. top shelf game. <laughs> well, no, not, ju- uh, not in that sense. Uh, in terms of, uh, like, it's a combat game that you can apparently sort of 
I don't know, I'm going to sound incredibly naive, but apparently you can sort of get by with just hitting a button, but it has a lot more depth to it than yeah. that. When I played Bayonetta 2, I just did, I just hit buttons and then stuff happened that, to be honest with you, if I'd, yeah, if, I, if I'd heard about, if someone had said this was going to happen, I'd say you're out of, you're out of my life. A lady uh, fights her clothes off and then her hair becomes her clothes. That, that weirdly, it was the elevator pitch. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah, I played, I don't know, maybe the first stage. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to come over and play my Wii U, aren't I? Would, yeah. it, would, it, would it be an appropriate game for us to play together? A lady fights her clothes off. Well, she, yeah, the, she, she, basically what happens. Maybe you, be an inappropriate game for you to cosplay together. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Just see how we feel. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, have you played Bayonetta 2? I haven't yet. I just got a Wii U for Christmas. My wife bought me one. Right, so it's a good time to get I it. I will be getting Bayonetta 1 and 2. And if your, wife, if your wife bought it for you, you know, that's a perfect comeback. It is, she yeah, can't exactly. tell you off for playing exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. No, you're just enjoying your new... Exactly. Yeah, you, yeah. What, what do you want me to do? Not play with my Christmas <laughs> present? Okay, fine. Um, and uh, so what were the other games that you mentioned? Uh, this War of Mine, that's a very good game. Yeah. I, um, I mean, to say that I enjoyed that would be wrong, but it's a good game. <laughs> no, because it's, it's quite a bleak... Sure. Uh, yeah. So you don't have to enjoy everything for it to be, uh, for it to be good. Are you enjoying, have you enjoyed... Paper? Can you enjoy Papers, please? I don't. I actually, that was my review. Didn't enjoy it, but it was brilliant. Mm. Uh, so well, well done to all the nominees. When do we find out? Oh no, they were the ones that were. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Well, well done. They to are all the, the winners. winners. <laughs> so I've just found out. Yeah. Okay. I saw. I thought. I mean, to be, I wasn't really listening. I thought this was the IGF nominations. No, no. Okay. And finally, some good news at last, although it's probably only good news if your interests meet at the Michael Fassbender Parkour Video Games Crossroad. The new and much-delayed Assassin's Creed film has finally been given a release date of the 21st of December 2016, not even two whole years in the future. Basically, nothing else is known about the film, but we're sure we aren't alone in being incredibly excited about seeing Fassbender crouching on top of spires, presumably naked, because that's what he does. Genuinely true, I thought you said Michael Fassbender Parko. <laughs> Which is exactly where yeah. my interests lie. I know, I like, know. We're one out for you, aren't we, Steve? Mm. Uh, are you going to go and see this, Anne? Uh, well, I'll let you know in 2016. Okay. It's ages off. But still, good to get excited now, though, isn't it? Is it? They're also doing um, Spinner Cell film, aren't they? Are they? Believe. They're and like... uh, there was talk of them also doing... Yeah, some other one. What, was it something else that was coming? Is it Hitman or have they already done that? Hitman's been done. Okay. Mm. That's it. That's it. That's all the games. That's all of the games. They've finished making films of all the games yeah. now. Yeah. I'm sure Don't I... make any more games because they aren't going to make any more films of them. Um, uh, it's a shame it's not coming this year then because it could be set in London, couldn't it? Well, maybe it will be. Maybe that's why they haven't started yet because they want to find out what's going to be in the London one and then just recreate all of that. Did you hear last week's show, Anne, about uh, when we did the jokes about London Assassin's Creed? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think of them? So, uh, that one that was really good was the best one. That was you didn't listen one. to the show, did you? <laughs> I do know what that joke was, though. I know. Thanks, Anne. One life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry. Listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. Resonance 104.4 FM's annual fundraising week starts from the 9th of February until the 15th. With the funds, we aim to trial a DAB service, overhaul our website, and increase the range of our FM broadcast beyond central London. Yes! Yes, this is huge! Larger! I mean, previously, when we talked about Radio 5 and how, you know, it's all right, but it's a little bit hissy. Yeah. 
the thing they had over us is they can hear it, you yeah. know. So, I mean, for some value of here, you can yeah. hear it a outside central London. Yeah. However... We're going to do it. But we need your help. Uh, details of the fundraiser, events and listings for our annual auction can be found at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Uh, that's resonance.fm. Fundraiser.resonance.fm. Please go and donate money. We will have some information on what we're doing coming up. Simon. I, I mean, I don't know. We only made it up on air last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 somebody, somebody did email us about that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um... Yes, uh, it's going to be good, though, this year. Anne, uh, how do you feel about our new uh, fundraising project? project? I am on board. Are you? Are you? I am excited. Interesting. <laughs> and you're going to fulfil that role? That's excellent. I mean, well done. Well done. Thank really? you. So, I mean, you will have heard last week that we didn't think you'd go for it. But, <laughs> but I mean, really that's tremendous. We're looking forward to it, actually. Really <laughs> looking forward to it. Good. And your enthusiasm will be an important part of this. I'm also looking forward to running it by HR. <laughs> they don't need to know. <laughs> Tom. Yes, hello. Hello. Um, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. I was gonna, I'm going to start uh, by uh, asking a question. And the question is, what does your company and Anne Scantleberry and Steve Curran have in common? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's a tricky one. I don't know. You've all got Wikipedia pages. Oh, <laughs> yes. We do. You do, I don't just you? just found yeah. this the other day. Right. It's amazing. Um, yeah, no, but I, so I was just looking at yours just to, because I was going to write, the, the obvious question is what does SFB stand for? But I know because of the Wikipedia. Uh-huh. But so we used to have one for the Super Flash Brothers. Right. Which is what SFB stands for. Yep. We had one back in 2007, maybe. There was a whole bunch of small Flash game artists that we all had our own Wikipedia pages, and then they culled the lot of them. Did they? I know how that feels, Tom. Talk to me about it. I used to have a w- Wikipedia page. Oh, how big was it? How many column inches? Well, you know, I mean, it was uh, it was brief, but uh, I mean, but it's I, not really about length. <laughs> no, it's about having one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, since then I've made greedy wizards, up, down, left, right, bang, man. Nominated as one of the hundred top people in the games industry, Steve. <laughs> but, um, but, but the top of your page, Tom, I'm sure if you noticed yesterday, has a, a blue warning, which I've never seen before on Wikipedia. Oh, it just says, this page has some issues. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about your yeah. issues? Um, I'm not sure what my issues are. Does it have a link? Does it say what the issues are? Well, that's are? why we've brought you here today. It doesn't, know. I'm going to... Uh, yeah. So tell us about SFB Games. Uh, it's me and my brother, Adam. Uh, some people know him on the internet as Dim, because okay. his friends are cruel. Right. Um, we started making games together back in 2002. We made a bunch of Flash games. We called ourselves the Super Flash Brothers because okay. we liked Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. We were making games in Flash and we were brothers. It's right. sense all the time. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, we made a bunch of Flash games together for about, I guess that's 10 years. Yeah. And then eventually we decided we should be a real company with actual business entities and all that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And we made a real company and we... Decided the Super Flash Brothers sounded a little bit, uh, I don't know. We thought we weren't going to make games in Flash anymore. So we, we dropped the full name. Yeah. But we're still making games in Flash. I mean, so. I guess if you kept the full names, people could confuse you for the Kingsleys, couldn't they? They could. Yeah. And then there's the Super Brothers. And right. And probably some sort of Nintendo infringement okay. might get on our case. What other gaming brothers are there? Uh, the Oliver Twins. Oh, yeah. They, I don't think you'd be confused for the Oliver Twins, would you? Probably not. You don't wear the comedy ties. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, did you fail to kickstart Dizzy? No. No, okay, right. No, so there's no confusion there. Um, so uh, back, back in the old days, so you were, you were, your Flash games, were they all going on one one site? Uh, they were going on Newgrounds and Armour Games and okay. eventually Congregate when that came out. Uh, we were mostly doing free stuff, and then Armour Games started sponsoring us. So that was lovely of them. Um, we were doing it all for free, and then we wanted our friend to make some music for us. And he said, yes, I'd absolutely love to. Can't do it for free, though. Right. Have you considered being paid to make your game? Right. So we were like, oh, yeah, I guess so. We'll try that. And and someone actually paid us to make a game, right. which was incredible to us, because we were, I don't know, I was about 18, maybe. My brother was 15. Right. Just had to work that out. And, um, yeah, we, we got paid a small amount. We were able to pay our friend to make music. And we kind of never looked back after that. How many how many games did you make in that period then? Flash uh, games? In that period, I think we made together about twenty games. Adam made a couple more. He's the artist, and I'm the programmer. Right. And uh, I went off to university, obviously three years earlier than him because he's younger. And uh, during that time, I couldn't do as much programming, so he did some art for other people's games. 
Um, 2002 was was that early to be, do, be do doing Flash games? It was pretty early. It was um, it was right around when Flash Five came out, okay. which is really when programming in Flash started to be a real thing. Uh, around that time, or well, just before that, you had Flash Three and Four had a rudimentary programming, but but people made games in Three by having a rollover state on a button that then you had to roll over another button and roll over another button, and that was a menu system. But there wasn't any programming. It was just buttons inside buttons. They should have just used uh, the array, shouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, just an array. Should have, should have done it. <laughs> I should explain this joke to listeners. Steve and I were talking about uh, forthcoming projects, and Steve asked me how I did something, and I explained it was using an array. Um, and that's why we're going on about <laughs> it, because we want to impress our programming friends. <laughs> oh, right, using yeah. Game Maker, or I'm using Game Maker, certainly. Uh, so SFB Games, then, the first... Uh, what was the first title that you did uh we started detective grimoire in 2000 and 2010 we started it before we were even a company um and so we went into the company doing that but that took about three years to make right so then was... the first thing we actually released was i think it was it was haunt the house terror town on playstation mobile which is on the vita um and that was sort of a, a little project we did in between doing the rest of grimoire and then we did a little project with adult swim which was just an ordinary browser flash game. Um, That's kind of a fun little one. And then eventually, finally, really, we released Detective Grimoire this year. Right. Congratulations. That's three, three games in total. Yes. Um, so the formats are quite diverse as well. So how was it's PlayStation Mobile? I mean, I've, mm. I've, I've got a few PlayStation Mobile games. How, 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 how did you do on? Um, we actually did pretty well. It's, it's we were one of the firsts on we, Vita. Yeah, we um, we were one of the, we were in the kind of second wave of games. There was a launch uh, window which we missed, which right. was a shame because it was Halloween. It was a game about ghosts. So, <laughs> oops. Um, but we were in the second wave, and uh, yeah, surprisingly, it's done well because it's really hard. You know, you've you've bought some games. It's really hard to find them. Yeah. In that store, and I'm constantly surprised that still people will still find them every week. Right? Yeah. I mean, I I, I found funny when I um, you know, I don't want to make this all about me, but when we when when I put Bangman up on the Google Play Store, it was the it was the only game on google play called Bangman, mm. and yet it was the 45th result for Bangman. Oh, no. <laughs> i mean it has it is, it is well at least you have a search function though there's no right. search function for playstation mobile so once you're off right, that feature yeah, page yeah, you right. have to guess the genre and right. scroll down an alphabetical list to h does it nice. still sell it does still sell it sells about i don't know a couple hundred copies a, a month okay which yeah. again very surprising yeah um and detective grimoire yes tell us about that uh, it's a mystery detective point-and-click adventure game set in a swamp, and the, uh, there's a mythical creature that's supposedly the murder suspect. And it, uh, yeah, we, we took about three years to make it. It was okay. going to be a tiny little iPhone project, um, and we utterly failed at making it tiny. Uh, and we a- ended up having to kickstart it in the middle because we were running out of funds. Um, <laughs> and then that. Uh, was delivered about a year after we said we'd deliver it because it still wasn't small enough. Uh, but we did eventually get it out. Okay. So. Was it difficult kickstarting a project midway um, through? It was actually, it went really well. The Kickstarter, the 30 days you have went incredibly well and we hit our target just about. Um, and uh, no, it was lovely. It was then the year after that that was really hard and it was entirely my fault. We said, oh yes, it's probably only a couple of months away. Um, and that was utterly, utterly wrong. And then what I did was I, I was really bad at communicating with people about where we were at because I would I would look at the Kickstarter page and there'd be people going, oh, where is it? Where is it? And I'd get this sinking feeling right. in my stomach. Mm. And I would just I would just shut down my laptop and, and go for a walk maybe. Um, so, yeah, we, we probably should have spoken to people more. Eventually we did. We started getting into the routine of regular updates and letting people know what was going on, and especially when it started to look like the end really actually genuinely was in sight this time. Um, and people, in the end, when it came out, everyone is very happy with the game, and you know, all of that has sort of gone away. Right. But it was, uh, it was kind of tough in the middle there. But all yours, is a, yours is a positive story there. I wonder how many um, negative stories there are. I think it's quite a hard thing to report on because there is no date when a project like that is considered mm. too late it's just kind of a, a rolling thing and i guess you know that's quite a hard 
hard thing to say, okay, there are so many projects that have definitively failed mm. because I've, I've checked in on a couple of Kickstarter projects that I've backed and they haven't been, you know, there's been no word for a few months and who knows whether the person's going to come back next year and say, hey, because I, I also, you know, I've, both Simon and I have done the Kickstarter thing and, and both of our projects have been success. But that feeling of being beholden to a group mm. of people who've already effectively paid for your thing and feel some kind of... Um, moral and financial buy-in to the thing that you're trying to uh, trying to produce is is quite difficult. It it's is. quite a, a dif- difficult way to make things. Even though there are obvious amazing advantages, I don't think either of our games would have existed no, no, without no. Kickstarter. No. But there's you know it's not it's not just like getting free money. Well, that's the thing. You you, you don't want to seem ungrateful, so you don't want to say any of the negative stuff. But mm. it, it did happen, and you know we did feel bad in the middle of it, and it was quite a depressing time in that really. That, that middle section when the end wasn't in yeah. sight and people were getting a little angry at us. But it's done now, it's out. Um, I see it it's been nominated for lots of awards. It's won, yeah. it's won awards. Yeah, we, we got a, an IGF nomination. Uh, not nomination, that would be amazing. Uh, we got an IGF honourable mention, mention last yeah. year, which was incredible. Best game story at Casual Connect. Yep. Excellence in storytelling. IMGA. Um, yeah, so I mean, to see that finally come to fruition, and it, it, no, yeah. it's so lovely to have it out in the world. It's so so nice, and, and we're going to do it again. Are you? That's about to ask. So what's next? Um, well, immediately next, Adam and I are working on a tiny, deliberately tiny mobile project because we've had enough with two and three year projects. We're doing something that's probably going to take us about a month. Um, we're going to throw it at the app store, and we're going to see if it sticks. If it doesn't, it'll be a really fun exercise in making a game quickly. If we make some money, that would be amazing. Sure. Um, and then after that, we've got a rhythm action game coming up, which we're really excited about because it's our favourite genre ever. <clears throat> I've heard a lot of people speculate on the return of rhythm action this year. I think it's coming. It's particularly mm. peripheral-based rhythm action as well. Did you see, well. oh, no, Did you see Rock Band release some DLC today yeah, for the I first did, time yeah. in yeah. two yeah. years or something? I think plastic peripherals, I don't know, that, that might have had its day, but no. simple... I, I don't think that there's been enough uh, simple rhythm action stuff. I agree. totally agree with that. The next generation of plastic peripherals are coming because they don't <laughs> exist and they've gone away for long enough. They will be out this year, I'm certain yeah, of that. Yeah. And um, uh, I agree there should be more simple touch rhythm action games. Mm. I've heard that there is a problem with Android and, yeah, the, and, the latency on yeah, it, sure. Um, generally, so that might be one of the things that's putting some small developers off because uh, the music stuff, the sound, audio stuff on Android apparently is pretty poor. But mm. yeah, that's exciting. It's my yeah. genre too, so I'm looking forward to it. Have you ever played a game called Um Jamalami? It's the <laughs> sequel to Parappa <laughs> oh, the Rapper. Dear. It's our, our favourite game of all time. It and, was. Uh, uh, We'll talk about this after. <laughs> Where can we follow your work, Tom? Uh, Adam and I are very active on Twitter. I'm SFB Tom. He's SFB Dim, and uh, that's probably the best place to find us. Excellent. Uh, well, good luck with it, Thank and uh, do stay in touch with the new projects. Yes. So, and the the next game will be out in a month, you reckon? About that, yes. Uh, well, we're going to finish it in a month, and then we're going to do something we've never done before, which is then wait. We always finish right, yeah, the game, and, and then away, oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's a week until we've said we've launched. Like we had a game about Ghost, and we did actually hit Halloween last year, um, but we've had a couple of days usually. This time, we're going to take a couple of weeks, figure out what the hell we're going to do, and then. Go for it. Good luck. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left, local news. Sony are in trouble, as their comedy film about the situation in North Mushroom Kingdom has seen their internet servers being hacked. The film, called The Ninterview, sees the handsome James Crash Bandicoot and the stoner Parappa the Rapper try to assassinate the leader of the North Mushroom Kingdom with hilarious consequences. However, the real-life leader of North Mushroom Kingdom, Kim Jong-boo, has not taken the film well. It is believed that his crack team of internet nerds have hacked into Sony's servers and uncovered some really interesting gossip. One email is between the studio heads and seems to allege that Lara Croft is a bit up herself and needs to chillax a bit. We're waiting to see if there's any more fallout from this and we'll keep you up to date with developments. Personally, I'm hoping for a bit of gossip about Sackboy. He always seemed dodgy to me. 
perhaps his squeaky clean image will unravel. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. Letters. I saw, uh, saw someone did the joke again this week. Simon. Unbelievable. That this someone must be new to Twitter I don't, and the radio show. I don't get Why do they always think they're the first? Every, every week, we appeal for letters. Every week, someone does it. Sends us a letter. They go, hey, hey, uh, hey. What about, what about H? What about W? What about or? F-O? <laughs> There's two letters for you. Anyway, we, we love our we listeners. Love our listeners. <laughs> Anne, have you got a letter? Yeah. Uh, hello, wonderful folks of OLL and your SSG. I watched a lot of awesome games done quick this week. A lot, about out, out, out eight hours a day. I was ill. The obvious highlight was the TAS bot section where, the com- where a computer hooked up to a SNES did some unbelievable things. Using nothing more than superhumanly quick button presses, they crashed a game of Super Mario World and then reprogrammed the entirety of the original Super Mario Brothers in its place and then crashed a copy of Pokemon Red running through the Super Game Boy and reprogrammed it to show the Twitch chat for the AGDQ stream in an act they called Pokemon Plays Twitch. Obviously each of these took months to code and the payoff, stunning as it was, was to make something easily available elsewhere show up on an ancient console. What's the most? What's your most overblown achievement? What's the longest you've strived, uh, strived just to be able to say done it? My personal favourite block was the awful games done quick which included turkeys such as sneak king the burger king promo game and swap swamp thing for nes ben last week talked about having played all of charlie's angels for the ps2 what's the worst game you've ever finished jolly good robert so that's quite a few questions it's quite a few questions the worst i think the worst thing i did with my time was decide to three star all of angry birds star wars <laughs> but yeah and like even completing the level wasn't enough for me so I don't know why I did it. The most effort I've ever put into anything for zero payoff just to be able to say I did it was to write a acrostic into uh, one of my Edge previews that I didn't want to write um, about. I'm not going to tell people what it was about, but it was... Uh, so they can find it now by, by Googling that word. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and, and yeah, I couldn't tell anyone after, after I'd done it because I would have been fired. So, <laughs> but it was nice to know it was there anyway. Uh, what, what's the worst game you've ever finished? I never finished games, so don't ever finish bad game ones. I ever finished. Hated Final Fantasy Tactics. I put 104 hours into that, and at the end, felt absolutely dead inside. I felt like I'd had all of those hours stolen off me. Mm. Um, I know that's a beloved game, so apologies, but I really, really didn't enjoy it. Simon. I can't think of the worst game. I don't. Yeah, I don't. If if I'm not enjoying it, I'll. Just... I'm pretty quick to move on. Yeah. Tom. Yeah, would... I'm the same way. I, if I don't like a game, I'll just drop it after an hour or two, maybe. Yeah, I agree. 104 hours after. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. This. Uh... Sorry, I was googling a cross stick and seeing if I could work out what <laughs> the edge. Uh... Uh, you won't be able to. Well, well, I don't. Right, don't don't try me. Okay. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Thomas Quilfelt writes, Hi, you lot. It's a bit informal. And guest. No super special. Question for SFB Tom from me, Tom. Uh, glance at your colourful SFB homepage gives the impression that your games are colourful, playful, mobile experiences for the most part. Do you feel like we have gone back in time in a good way in terms of game aesthetics and mechanics? Do you think there's a resurgence of more playful 90s ideals, handheld puzzlers, adventure games, gentler humour, thanks to the design limitations of mobile gaming and the openness of digital stores? I do, and I think it's a wonderful thing. I think the resurgence of the bedroom coder is the best thing that could possibly happen. Do you happen code from your bedroom? Uh, not anymore. I used to. Okay. I have a living room desk now, right, okay. so one room over. Okay. Sometimes um, you just not want to get out of bed. I sometimes don't. Right. Um, so you sometimes code from but, your bedroom? Uh, no. Well, my wife gets up at 6.30 every morning to go to work, and I make myself walk over the she station She sounds like a good influence. Day. She's a very That's good. good. That's good. As we've said this before on the show, but I, I'm the key from work, for working from home, as I'm sure you'll know, is pants on before 12 o'clock. <laughs> Mass- massively important. We're not animals. We just, as long as you've well. done that, it doesn't matter what you do with your top. <laughs> like, and it doesn't matter when you take them off. Yeah. <laughs> just got to be on. 12.05. 
Uh, Simon, you got a letter? I do, yeah. I was just Googling <laughs> acrostic. <laughs> um, Jamie Firth uh, writes, uh, he says, Question. Dear gang, it was Golden Globes last night, which made me immediately wonder, what is the One Life Left team favourite spherical object to feature in a video game? Thanks. Favourite, mine would be the marble from Marble Madness. <laughs> oh, no, uh, is it straight? No, I think, yeah. Uh, well, oh, oh, oh. Uh, is it is it round things in Peggle? Yes. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> right. They're all my favourites. I don't know whether they're spherical. I think they're no, cylinders. No, no, he just... Oh, oh yeah, he just I, I would say that pegs. Pegs are typically cylinders, not spheres. No, but you fire balls, don't you? Yeah, you fire balls Yeah, but she off. said things. Okay, no, yeah, okay, right. No, gotcha, no, no. I, yeah. I specifically like the balls. <laughs> but there are many. Ah, can't hear you. But there are lots of them. <laughs> so, I think you're right. Mm. Yeah. Tom, what's yours? Uh, I'm going to say the warp sphere from Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped. Good answer, Steve. I'm going to say the ball yeah. in Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, I mean, that's Ooh. a good one. That's really a solid, solid, that's solid, solid great answer. Feels physical, very, yeah. very, you know, easy to move the camera around. It just feels... I love that ball. <laughs> I really do. I really love that ball. Love the ball. Thanks for your email, Jamie. hope that answered your question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom, you got a letter? I do. Hello, Anne, Steve, Simon and SSG. Hi. Last episode, you called Destiny an addiction simulator, which is consistent with certain patterns I've noticed in my own life around that game. The problem is sometimes I play and have a lovely time and others I play and have no fun whatsoever. Yeah. What do you think the line is between healthy gaming and ad- addictive gaming? And have you any tips to go from the latter back to the former? Yours interplanetarily, Chris Stewart. I think uh, if you have started playing something and you think that maybe you're just playing it because it's habitual and you've sort of... Don't touch my phone. Uh, and it's become uh, something that you're just doing because you just sort of have to do it. You have to stop. Because you won't enjoy it, you'll just start not enjoying it, and even when you are enjoying it, it will they'll they'll it will be slightly tainted. So take some time away from it, uh, and when you come back, reassess. You won't have the um, habitual desire to play it. You'll be playing it to see whether you actually really like it, and if you do really like it, then. Um, Keep playing as you want. I think the line is when you've played a game for 104 hours. <laughs> Stop playing. Yeah. You don't like it. Uh, Simon? Yeah, I agree. Okay, thank you so much for your letters uh, this week. If you have a letter you want to send to One Life Left, please email it to... Uh, team at onelifeleft.com. Yeah, thanks. Sorry, Simon's just stolen my phone and I wonder what All he's right, up to. Children. No, I was just checking that bang okay. man on it. Okay. Yeah. Right, what you do? Dr. Avatar. <laughs> Dr. Avatar. You're needed in surgery. Avatar, you're the only one that can do this. You're going to have to operate. Dr. Avatar, operating room dictation on patient of the city, comma, guardian. Operative diagnosis, repetitive strain rotator cuff tendinopathy. Estimated blood loss, 200 cc's, OR time, 7 hours. Ms. of the city initially presented to my clinic for want of anything new to do with her time, and on further discussion it became apparent that she had been performing the same repetitive military tasks for her employment, Destiny Incorporated, to the point of chronic stress injury. When asked why she waited for this to become so serious, she replied that a small robot with a bizarre and regionless accent could usually be relied on to repair any damage done to her. Under general anesthesia, the shoulders were exposed bilaterally and the subacromial tendon impingements were released. Following this, cold laser therapy was directed at thinning the supraspinatus muscles. Following the surgery, Ms. of the city was briefed on the details of rehabilitation, but remarked that she was not interested in returning to work. We attempted to discharge the patient, but she had no information regarding her home, family, motivation, backstory, or indeed the entire universe. Ending dictation for patient of the city, comma, guardian.
You're listening to What Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Simon and I were just talking a bit of business. Just business. Just business, off air, you know, just getting some uh, deals done. Hey, it's, uh, it's a special week, isn't it? It's a very special week this week. Special week. First uh, corporate gig for Marioki, which we'll be doing at Pocket Gamer Connect on, on Wednesday, Wednesday night. But don't worry, seven. guys. Don't don't worry. We haven't sold out. We'll still be at Loading Bar on Thursday for our first Marioki of 2015. Big weekend. Oh, this song, by the way, is uh, brilliant. It's by Amplifier. It's called Maneuver. Earlier you heard Motion Ride and Automatic Town. They're both from chipmusic.org. Go there, listen to more stuff like this, and enjoy it. What are you looking up, Simon? Tom Cole wrote to us during the week. Thanks, Tom Cole. He said, greetings One Life Left. Massive and super special guest. I was thinking about your request for game ideas that you put out on the show last week. Do any of you remember The Lost Vikings, one of Blizzard's earliest games pre-Warcraft and Starcraft? It was a solid puzzle platformer that I remember spending a large number of hours playing on my PC back in the day. There's three different Vikings, if you remember, each with their own abilities that you need to reach the exit for each level. Hold on! <laughs> one Life Left has three presenters. So we if do. you were to make a one life, left, left, one life Left of the game in this format, what special abilities and stroke mechanics would the playable of Steve, Simon and Anne have? Interesting. Well, we don't need to answer that. No, so, so uh, as announced last week, uh, we are going to make a game uh, for Resonance FM. It's our gift from us to them. Uh, first suggestion came in. Thank you for that. Uh, if you've got any more, if you want to flesh this one out, uh, please do email us. Team at onelifeleft.com. Simon and I will be handling the code and production duties. Anne, as she agreed to earlier, is doing everything else. Is doing everything else. Now, Anne will be responsible for handling getting other people involved. Yep. Uh, this is going to be a game that involves all of the brilliant qualities of all of our friends, you know. Designed by Mike Bithell. It's going to be designed by Mike Designed Bithell. by Mike Bithell. He hasn't raised any objections, I and I assume he listens. Exactly. I noticed well, he he's just started referring to himself as Bithell now. Bithers. <laughs> as he knows. The Bith- Bith- right, yeah. The Biz. That's, uh, we should call him the, bi- the Biz. 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 We should call ourselves Bizzle. the Biz. The Bizzles. Why have we never called him Lethal Bizzle? He could be le- Lethal Bizzle. Lethal Bizzle. Bizzle. Mm. Lethal Bizzle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's what we're going to do. This is the last episode of this season. What? Season 10. We're actually huh? going to start season 11 next week. Excellent. So that's when we're going to start our project properly. Okay, right. We'll have a week-by-week developer diary. Maybe we'll knock up a theme just for that. And then we'll, you know, we'll release it. You'll be able to buy it. And we will be the next Lethal Biffle. I think it's time for reviews now, isn't it? Just about. It's time for the Spelunky section. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell us about Spelunky. Guess what? Uh, you finished it again? I have finished it you several times. Help. I'm not going to talk about Spelunky this week. What? I have played Spelunky a lot, but I think we have reviewed that rigorously enough, and I forced myself to play something else this week. I went out and I bought a new video game. Well, a new-ish video game. You went out? You went to a shop? Of course not. So you stayed in and Metaphorically. Bought. Okay. Yes. I so you bought, stayed in and downloaded yeah. it. You stayed in and pirated the game. You can't go yeah. out. People try and steal your phone. What did you uh, buy? I bought Peggle 2. Oh, it's got bolts. You can't buy that, can you? It's free. Um, it's not. It's discounted in the sale. Oh, um, sorry. I was thinking of Peggle Blast. Peggle 2 is on PSN. It's uh, half price in the January sale, or it was until this week, I think. Uh, and I was excited when Peggle 2 was announced. Do you remember that guy on stage uh, when it was announced? And he leapt up, leapt up in the air and went, Peggle 2! And punched the air. And, and Peter Moore got a, P- a Peggle tattoo, didn't he? <sighs> Yeah, uh, I love Peggle. We've got that lovely song for Marioki, haven't we? 500 yep. Miles, one of our oldest yeah. Marioki songs yeah. about Peggle. Uh, so I was really, really excited to play Peggle 2, and it is disappointing. What? And it is terrifying. It's terrifying that it's disappointing, because how can you screw up Peggle? Like, Peggle 2 is, to all intents and purposes, superficially at least, identical to Peggle. There is you and a ball and loads of pegs and you fire the ball, ball it bounces off the pegs and it deletes the pegs and you catch it you don't catch it and it celebrates all of those things it does all of the things that Peggle did so well that we all were very very you know we, we all thought was brilliant we thought it was you know it celebrates basically dull moments and that's funny it's very very simple um, it's like pachinko everyone gets it it's got humour the script in it's great but somehow it feels laborious and dull and I'm not enjoying it. And I've been trying to work out why. I've been really, really thinking about this. And I think that it is not a, you know, it's not a a sort of grand design problem. 
but it's a problem in little things. Everything takes slightly too long. So each, you know, overthought mini cutscene takes a little bit too long. The way you move from between balls takes a little bit too long. There's additions which really, really don't work, which are dissonant. For example, there are pegs in Peggle 2, which take two hits to destroy. I don't remember them from the first Peggle. Um... But maybe they're there. I don't remember them, at least. That seems counter to the idea of Peggle, which is, oh, I'll fire a peg down, it'll bounce off loads of things, and suddenly I've achieved stuff. I've destroyed loads of pegs. Here, you have to work to get rid of them. There's pointless cutscenes, these trial things, which just drop in, and then they're not that interesting. Um, and it's asking me to do all these tasks. It's also got a shop at the front end where it tries to sell you things. So it says, oh, you can pay $2.99 now for the... or £2.99 for a costume what? change. And... And while obviously I'm never going to do that and all of that's optional, that makes me think, you know, generally in the back of my mind, why am I ever going to win nice things in this game? Because they want to sell them to me. It feels overproduced. It feels like everything is overthought, takes too long and is slow. And it feels, even though the script is brilliant and has made me laugh, maybe not brilliant, the script is good and has made me laugh. Uh, Even though all of that stuff exists and it's hard to fault an individual aspect of it, it's just hard work and not fun and feels like all the joy has gone from it. And I'm sad saying that because I love Peggle. And it's my love for Peggle that means the game gets 7 out of 10. Right. But, yeah. I, you know, I can't give it any more than that. Mm. Tom, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker on oh, Wii U. Yes, I'm looking... I, 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 well, it's easy to be, I can't say I'm looking forward to this because I could buy it if, if I was looking forward to it that much because I haven't bought it yet. Mm, you should. You right. absolutely should. Uh, it is the most charming game I think I've ever, ever played. And, yeah, it's just a masterclass in Nintendo charm and polish. It's... So it's an offshoot of some levels in Super Mario 3D World Wii U, is that right? Uh, it's kind of. Okay. It's um, the, the main game is all its own levels, all designed specifically for this game. Yeah. And uh, I guess, spoilers, right at the very end, you do unlock a couple of Mario 3D World levels, and it sort of it reveals itself to be a prequel-ish. I guess it's just trying to get you to why Mario 3D World. Um, but no, the, the main... I don't know how many levels there are. I think there's about 60 levels are all completely self-contained mm-hmm. uh, designed around Toad and the thing is you can't jump Okay, uh, which seems like it would be a really weird thing for a platformer but it's not and it's brilliant and um, it's uh, have, you, have you played Monument Valley? Yes it's like that taken to its log- logical extension but, but with Nintendo <laughs> at the helm Okay, and yeah it's just lovely excellent what score would you give it? Uh, I think about a 7 out of 10. Seems reasonable. Um. Uh, oh, hi. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about a game that I played a couple of weeks ago because uh, I thought it was really good and interesting and it is the game made by uh, Holly Gramazio. Uh, she made a game called Pornography for Beginners uh, and it is uh, to do with the um, change in laws over pornography in the UK. Uh, it's brilliant because basically you move dicks around. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, Richard, yeah, that's an abbreviation biology. of... Biology. Yeah. It's, no, they're it's not. Biology. That's not what you said is not biology. That's it not. is. It's a colloquialism. Yeah, exactly. It's bio- okay, so you move penises around. Well, is that, that sounds worse. It no, it's fine. It's uh, fine. So We've all done it. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Steve's doing it right now. I don't want to know. <laughs> and also stop it in the studio. His hand behind his head as well. That's <laughs> the... <laughs> So there are three levels and uh, it's just to sort of uh, introduce, so you um, have, uh, so there are pixel art bits of of bits, uh, like little square pictures of bits of the human body and bits that you might use in uh, when you're having some fun. Uh, with I didn't think this through, did I? It yeah, was, was, was literally going through my head. <laughs> I'm just going to stay uh, quiet here and watch. Right. Well, first of all, it's not f- that's not fun. Well, for some people it is. Okay, well, I, I, I'm yet to come across so it. So anyway, in the first level, you're trying to match things to see what's acceptable in the uh, new laws. Uh, and if you get them all right, put all the things that they think you should put in other things uh, in other things uh, then you move on to the next level uh, and yes yeah, so there's three levels and you're um, moving things to see how they inter- moving pictures of body parts and other peripherals to see how they interact with each other and then you throw up in the shower 
yeah, it's if you are interested in that kind of thing, if that news story was of interest to you, I would play it because I think it's uh, interesting and it's funny uh, and it's quite um, a light take on it. But uh, also there are like some uh, obviously bigger things going on behind it. Um, I would give it seven out of ten. Having played the game, so did you find it educational? In terms of yeah, what's... it turned out you can't do that with that thing. Right, so has it changed your behaviour? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't something I was thinking of doing, but it's now something I certainly will not be doing. Okay, all right, all right. Simon? I think you're allowed to do it, you're just not allowed to film it. Yeah. Yeah, but the, that thing... You were thinking I, of filming it? No, I would never even, like, because it's dangerous. Okay, <laughs> But yeah, no, but you see, so you can do it, but just don't film it. Okay, Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to. You can, can you not just film it and not show it to anyone? Well, that's what I wondered. Uh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they specify that. Well, you can't make it available for download, so okay. I guess that's... But you could hand it to you someone. Can't stream, you can't make it available could for you just stream. Could you mime it? <laughs> at, what, and film it? No, but if you had the film and you were looking at it and you were explaining to someone else through mime what was happening in it, would that be legal? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's like a very good game. Yeah, yeah it does sound. That's great. Um, Simon. <laughs> Something similar, Anne. <laughs> uh, really? I've been playing, still, I'm still playing GTA 5 uh, okay. in first person. Um, yeah, most recently I completed all the flight school missions, like, because why wouldn't I? Um, I've never been as distracted by side quests as I have been with GTA 5 in first person. It's Are they the best bit? Properly, uh, the whole thing is just absolutely magnificent. Um, and yeah, um, I'm getting quite far into it now. Uh, and I'm, we're, we're planning another heist. It's genuinely exciting. Absolutely breathtaking. The flight sim bits are as comprehensive as actual whole flight sim games and just flying around the city or... And then, no, I I finished the flight school. uh, Sorry, the the penultimate mission was jumping out of a helicopter uh, and landing, uh, parachuting onto a moving truck. And I've never been... I've never felt so good playing a game as pulling that move. Have you never felt so alive in your actual life? (laughs) Have you you stolen any cell phones on (laughs) riding mopeds? It did sound like it. Apparently, it's really difficult. Yeah, watch out for that. Yeah, no, it's it's still still uh, one of the best things I've ever played. Uh, And so, you know, for that, you know, because you can't get better than a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Excellent. I was going to put on some music, but it hardly seems worth it, does it? With uh, two minutes to go. and uh, I'm going to start packing up. You should. You should. You should. Yeah. It's the end of the show. We do. End of the season. End of the show, end of the season. We do have intern Simon in the studio. We haven't actually mentioned that because we're not really on speaking terms at the moment. Mm. I was genuinely surprised to see him here. Yeah. He just showed up. He, le- he left us. Apparently he's leaving again in April on his own, you know. He just he returned just, to break our hearts. He told us that. Uh, Simon, have we missed anything this show? Uh, maybe. Um, um, the makers of uh, uh, Monument Valley told us that only 5%... Oh, the piracy thing. Yeah, the piracy thing. Mm. Yeah, we're still not speaking to them either because they work with Sam Pepper. Mm. We don't like Sam Pepper. Yeah, also, I mean, you know... Is it right to moan about piracy when you've ripped your own game idea Ooh. off Braid? Ooh. Not uh, Fez, sorry. Well, whatever. Yeah, both. Whatever. Yeah. And uh, Johan Sebastian Joust. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And Joust. Exactly. Yeah. So, so cross that off. We didn't mention it for those reasons. Okay. Yeah. So. And uh, something I could do for the One Life Lift game is if you want a German version, I could... Just... Perfect. You're hired. Perfect. In fact, why don't you set about translating the podcast? <laughs> bit by bit, like, that'd be from, good, wouldn't it? From season we one, could, yeah, we could do. We you could do a voiceover. Well, you have to do all the voices yourself. That'd yeah, yeah just the, just with my voice. Yeah. Okay. Well, we look forward to. We'll play. We'll play a little excerpt from that next week. Uh, start uh, start season. season. Thanks for coming on, Tom. It's been great to have you. Yeah, well, thanks we'll for see you me. soon. We'll see you on Thursday, right? Uh, yes, I think so. Right, good. Fantastic. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, excellent. Thank you very much for listening this season. We will see you next season, whenever that may be. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.